0: PixMix is brought to you by the Aaron Meta Show, broadcasting on Liberated Syndication on youtube.com forward slash Aaron Meta Show, and is in association with the Old School Lane podcast.
1: PixMix is brought to you by oldschoollane.blogspot.com and is associated with the Aaron Meta Show.
0: Welcome to Pix-Mix with Aaron and Patricia. Hey, Patricia, how are you doing? I'm really excited for this
1: episode of Pixmix for sure.
0: Yeah, this is definitely one of the good ones. And uh, so, uh, for those of you do not know, I mean, I know we've probably been saying this, you know, countless times, but uh, uh, there's going to be no like, you know, particular schedule now for Pixmix. I think it's just going to be when we can do it. So, uh, so you get, so if yeah, uh, exactly. We we have
1: three months to go, and we have nine more movies to cover, so we got plenty of time.
0: Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, the Pixmix has basically just become as random as the show itself. So uh, you'll just see it. So. uh, yeah, exactly. If, and also on top of that as well, like you know, it'll encourage you to actually press the uh, the bell on the notification for both for us here at the uh, for Patricia at the Old School Lane and for me on the meta show. So you know, if you if you're really desperate for big Mix, click the bell and uh, get notified when uh, a big Mix episode comes up because it could appear any time at any moment. So uh, yeah, so. Uh, um, I can't think of any sea-related jokes to our uh, our Pix- Pix- Well, uh, Pix-Mix. I think
1: you just did it right now. Um, I can't wait to see what today's episode of Pixmix is going to be about. Uh, what are we waiting for?
0: Here we go. This one is one that really catches you by surprise, because, you know, when, when you see something like this, and, uh, I'm trying to think, was, um, was Shark Tale first before this? I'm just trying to no, think. No,
1: this came out after Shark Tale.
0: Oh, okay. This I'm was, so... uh,
1: Shark Tale was cashing in on the popularity of Finding Nemo. But when he... Finding Nemo came out, it was, like, the biggest hit. You have to understand about how huge Finding Nemo was. For the longest time the lion king was the highest grossing animated film of all time and it wasn't until finding nemo that it took its place and i think nowadays frozen took his uh finding nemo's place but yeah for the longest time this movie was huge
0: yeah i think you can tell from this i think uh, patricia is the one who's very enthusiastic for finding nemo no then. i
1: i seriously am because i actually have a story <laughs> relating to this so when I was in high school, I used to work in a science museum and we had a lot of things in this museum. We had, um, we had a dinosaur exhibit. We had an Egyptian exhibit. We had a science uh, exhibit where they had like a whole bunch of like Tesla coils and a whole bunch of things. And one of the sections that we had was an aquarium session. And we had like a whole bunch of fish from a whole bunch of countries. And uh, I wasn't like, um, part of that, but uh, around after work, we used to, um, you know, clean up the area, like we would like wipe down the tanks and like sweep the floors, and uh, you know, during the time in which I would be cleaning, um, like or or supervising all of the people, you know, to make sure that they follow the rules on the aquarium session, because you know you're not allowed to tap on the uh, the glass. I cannot ass- I can assure you that at least three or four times a day like for the longest time that i worked there which was i worked there for about a year every single kid said look mommy there's nemo because we had clownfish in our exhibit and we had a blue dorsal fin fish uh, which was dory and we had a puffer fish and a lot of the fish that we had were from finding nemo and all of the kids were surrounding it so every time i think of this movie i think about my time in high school when i worked at the science museum and all the little kids will be so happy and excited saying look mommy that's nemo look mommy that's nemo look there's dory so oh, wow. yeah, i have you- a i have a close attachment to this movie
0: you have the greatest attraction ever
1: I know Seriously? it was so great. Wow! And then and then when uh, you know, th- then when I first saw the movie. Um, my my family and I couldn't get enough of it. It was fantastic, I have to say. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I like I said, I have a personal connection with Finding Nemo.
0: Yeah, I have some uh, pretty random trivia actually for this. Uh, you know, Finding Nemo. Not only was there a movie, there was also a, a musical as well, which was a half-hour live show called Finding Nemo the Musical. And uh, do you know, And this was uh, p- uh, directed by uh, Robert Lopez. And do you know what he also did?
1: Ah, he did Avenue Q, and then eventually <laughs> after Avenue Q, he went out to work on Winnie the Pooh, and then after Winnie the Pooh, he went on to do Frozen. The
0: internet is for porn. The internet is for porn. <laughs> the internet the is same for porn, guy. Huh? <laughs> the same guy who did that did Finding Nemo the musical. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so amazing. But anyway, before we even actually get into the um, uh, the uh, the fish uh, of uh, the fish dish of uh, uh Finding Nemo, there was a the short to contend with. And uh, that this this actually was interesting because if you went for the original theatrical release, you got an edited version of Knick Knack which uh, was uh, one of their original shorts that had uh, I think it was the snowman with the uh, yeah, it was the yeah. snowman. Trying to get towards the. It uh, was the, the snowman, mermaid.
1: and you know he was trying to get towards the um the lady who was inside of this um uh, you know like in a beach, and he was trying to get closer to her. Yeah, that's yeah. the
0: one. Oh my god, that, that, that. Uh, yeah, these, uh, uh yeah, that, hey, you can blame her, could you? That's uh, you know, <laughs> I think I was a snowman trapped in a in a snow globe with a you know a woman like that next to me. I think I'd probably be doing everything, everything I can to get out. So. uh yeah, I think. Sure. very relatable <laughs> short. I think we could definitely say. But um, also, um, but here's the th- thing about that. You know, again, we have as confusion as we do with uh, some of these big star films. Um, if you, some people will actually have watched the 3D re-release, and you know what you got with 3D re-release? You got either uh, Toy Story Tunes short, uh Rex. Hmm. No, that was interesting. So, uh, Party Rex, for those of you who do not know, uh, was a third episode in the Toy Story Tunes series. Uh, if if uh, it featured Rex uh, who, dis- who disrupts uh, the other toys by uh, blowing bo- soap bubbles, uh, worried that they may uh, ruin Bonnie's house, and he's uh, chastised for by the other toys with Mr. Potato Head calling him a par- calling Party Pooper Rex. So, uh, it basically, it's uh, it's basically just a, a a show out of the uh, the Toy Story Tune series. Uh, that's been basically put onto the big screen for uh, for finding Nemo makes its uh
1: oh nice everything.
0: so yeah so either you got so if you had the original theater it was a knickknack and if you got the re-release it was uh basically t- t- toy Story tunes so uh...
1: oh nice okay
0: okay so cool. So let's get into it. So uh, the story uh, r- r- wraps around um, well uh, our, uh, cl- our clownfish couple Marlin and Coral, uh, who are about to be parents to 400 unborn children. However, a marauding barracuda attacks their home, and uh, Marlin survives, but the barracuda eats uh, Coral and 399 of her, of her eggs, and uh, he's managed to only sa- save one egg, who he calls Nemo and uh, yes. here's, here's the thing about this though there's a there's actually an interest i don't know, have you heard the theory that there might be a possibility that coral survived the attack
1: if she survived the attack, then why would she abandon Marlin and her family?
0: maybe she would probably be in maybe the same way that uh you know if well Andy we're gonna talk about finding finding Dory at some point in the line but uh you know maybe it might be that deal maybe maybe she maybe she lost her memory didn't know where she was after after what happened mm. so possibly well, yeah. But anyway, we, let's in this for this case. Let's assume she's dead, so uh, she is okay. dead. So let's go with that. And so years later, Nemo were uh, born with a deformed fin due to the damage uh, of the egg talk during the Barracuda attack. Begins his first day at school and is eager to get going. However, his unprotected father, Marlin, is nervous about letting his son go uh, to school. So uh, yeah, it's your classic like you know he um, Marlin's had like this really horrific event happen in his life, and now because of that, he's kind of just. Uh, he has become quite, you know, overprotective of Nemo, and uh, kind of overprotective of himself in a way, because you can notice that his personality is so, you know, cocooned in, like, in, in, in this clownfish, and like, you know, you, 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 know, when you remember when he's like trying to tell the joke, in, like, in that film, and you can just see that he's struggling to get it out because he's just so condensed in himself. So it's just, it's, uh, you know.
1: You know you don't. You can't really blame him. You know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, you can't. No. I mean, you have
1: to think. You have to think about the ocean. The ocean is a very dangerous place. Like, there's predators. There's humans. There's global warming. There's stuff that falls into the ocean. and You might think it's food, and it. You might eat it. So. Jabba yeah, Joe. You, we have to not underestimate on that. I mean, it, it's not like, um, you know, Chucky Finster from Rugrats in which he's afraid of everything, even the guy in the oatmeal box. It's like, you know, he's a child. He has fears. But at least with Marlon, these are more relatable fears. It's like he just saw his wife and, all, all the, um, you know, every, almost every single child die in front, you know, by a barracuda.
0: Mm-hmm. and. Like I said, I don't blame him for acting out this way. T- totally not. It's like, it's... Uh, it, I don't know. Is, would you say it's... p? Would you call it PTSD at this point? I mean, it's like... Uh, I mean, if it was post-traumatic stress disorder, I, I
1: mean, wouldn't he have, like, flashbacks of it? I mean, he never mentions about Coral or the, you know, or the other babies, uh, with the exception of, like, towards the end. But other than that, I mean, I guess yeah. you could argue that. But I would just say it's like... Uh, you know, like, like maybe, like, stress or, like, a a severe panic mode. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, I I mean, with him being afraid of losing the only child that he had from his wife, whom he clearly loved, I can understand why he's so overprotective of him.
0: Mm -hmm. So, after Marlin sends Nemo off to class with his teacher, Mr. Ray, the Stingray, he goes into, he goes on to check on Nemo and uh, catches him in almost... uh, uh, um, Almost swim out to, into into open water. Uh, the two of them argue in front of Nemo's classmates, and Nemo, angry with his father, swims away into open water. Uh, once, then he is captured by a diver, who immediately leaves on a speedboat. So, uh, I mean, I tell you what, a lot happens in the in like in, in very short period of time because you know you have the event. Yeah, that yeah, exactly. Sets I was off. just about
1: to say that it's like unlike some of the Pixar movies we were discussing about, in which like it takes a long time to get started, or like the only the the first couple of minutes are like the best things about it. It's like the movie starts off really, really quickly. Like in the first five to 10 minutes, we already int- we get introduced to Marlon and Nemo. We get introduced to the ocean that they're living in. We already get introduced to Nemo's classmates and what they perceive as a human object calling the a boat, a butt. And we see that Nemo is being taken over by the diver and Marlin is trying to call for help and nobody helps him. And, you know, we already have our conflict like really quickly. Yeah. And now it's just building up into the search, the adventure of the main goal, which is to find Nemo. I tell you what, if, obviously it, that is the title.
0: It, you remember the theater? I don't know if this happens in America. You know, you get the little advert that basically tells you to go to the back, go back to the uh, back to the lobby to go get some snacks. You know, it's like yeah. uh, you know, it's like you say, like, if you did that and you came back and like you probably much missed like you know the the beginning of Finding Nemo. I, I feel very sorry for you because a lot has just happened and you you were too busy getting popcorn and coke so uh yeah yeah
1: exactly you, i mean for some people it might be thinking oh you know it's just the first couple of minutes I, i'm sure that i can catch up but it's like no you can't you i mean a lot of like the main conflict happens within the first five to ten minutes
0: yeah i was gonna say as well yeah i do agree with you patricia the ocean is a very dangerous place i mean like there's jabba jaw and aquaman and like uh, you know <laughs> <laughs> yes
1: exactly yeah. Woo! Nah, nah. <laughs> I get no respect. Uh, I got no respect. <laughs> oh my god, we just dated ourselves. Yeah, Any we did, young yeah. kids who even know who Jabberjaw is, then oh my
0: god. Things Scooby do <laughs> except more wet. So uh <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well at least it's a lot better than um what was it, Speed Buggy? I never liked Speed Buggy. As there a was kid. oh
0: my god, they they jumped in in that era. They jumped on everything. There was the Funky Phantom. Uh, there was uh, what was his name? That that, that Ghost Dog uh, Goober, I think he was called. And, yeah, yeah, oh, Goober. That...
1: There was Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, and there was Josie and the Pussycats in space. It's like, you know, and uh,
1: oh, no, yeah. that I'm I, well, well, I and, oh, yeah, and, and Gilligan's Island in space and the happy days in space. Oh, my god,
0: uh, and uh, what's me- yeah, um, yeah, but anyway, moving way, way away from Pixar. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're,
1: we're, we're sorry, everybody. No, that we're yeah, really, that the that the way... ocean is a very dangerous place, yeah, and we're, we're really Marlin is like searching trying to call for help and in comes um dory and uh you know he's asking for help and he's wondering if she's seen the boat and she was like yeah i've seen the boat and then um they start swimming and then dory is like reacting to marlon like she's never seen him before like he's been a stalker but in reality um you know she has short-term memory loss and um, now uh, Marlon is stuck in a predicament when uh, the three sharks come in and introduce themselves.
0: Yeah, I'd say Ellen DeGeneres knocks this out of the park. Oh, she- I love it so
1: much. She- Seriously, I, I'm, I've always been a huge Ellen fan. I mean, even, like this was like when she was doing her stand-up routines in the 90s. And, you know, it's kind of, like, funny looking back on those stand-ups now when she's talking about, you know, her experiences of being a lesbian, about how she was, um, you know, fired or the show was canceled that she was in because she admitted of what, you know of you know that she was a lesbian and um looking at the crowd um you know like the, pretty much the only people who showed up in her shows were lesbians it's like i mean who would have thought that nowadays she has essentially become our generation's oprah
0: yeah she's uh i mean uh, well and uh, probably uh, the person they're going to talk up to be president of the united states only for us to basically say she doesn't have the dna for it so. well I'm, I'm talking about the talk <laughs> show host oprah not
1: you know who, who she is in general but yeah, yeah. no I, I mean it's actually funny because there was even uh an episode of epic bat- rap battles of history that paired up ellen DeGeneres with oprah winfrey and that's all that's always actually a really fun one mm-hmm. um but yeah i'm just yeah ellen DeGeneres. i mean similar to how uh tom hanks plays woody I mean, it was amazing I, I she is so funny in this movie like for the longest time she was like my favorite part in the whole movie because she was just so hysterical every single line that she says is so funny i love her personality it's it's amazing. Yeah,
0: I, I like it when she. I mean, she kind of goes a bit Deadpool with it as well, because uh, with the same way Ryan Reynolds kind of like goes out of it with it as well. Because uh, didn't she have oh uh, uh, what's her name who plays uh, Princess Anna in Frozen, and uh, they have that experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that was she. she knows Dory uh, very well, and uh, I mean,
1: she, but... she. I remember like this was like years before Finding Dory came out that she was like, per, you know, she was, like, petitioning to Disney and Pixar, saying, we need to have a Finding Nemo 2. Almost every single time there would be a new Pixar movie coming out, she would always say, we need a new Finding Nemo 2 so we can have Dory come back. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And, and here's the thing as well, like, they should have listened to her. Because, like... Yes. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, Finding and, and, and Dory like was a success. I mean,
1: like we were talking about with, like, prequels when we were discussing about Up, um, there's... Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why, you know, some movies deserve to have continuations or backstories. And I'm glad that we were able to finally get Finding Dory, and we'll we'll definitely talk about that um, sometime um, in this uh, podcast, uh, but yes, I'm really glad that we were able to get a story based off of Dory because she's such a great character. Yeah, it's
0: just a, you know just just to finish up on this as well. Like you know what well, they had a sequel for Finding Nemo, they had a sequel for The Incredibles, they had a sequel for Ratatouille, they had a sequel for Up. Oh, sorry, a prequel for Up. It's like you know what, literally water, water everywhere, and not a drop to drink. It's like you know, it's like uh, you know they, that, that all this they could work with, and like none of them decided to drink it. You know, it was like you know, just yeah, really
1: f- they, they focus on cars.
0: Uh, yeah, the toys. Okay, so going back to uh, um, uh, finding Nemo, uh, when I get the words out, uh, so, uh, so they meet up with these sharks, and uh, we—it's quite hilarious how they bring it in because like we think they're going to be like I don't know the uh, the in- the antagonists. In, the, in this film when you, you know like they've, they've been in the posters they've been in the trailers they've been in it like they've, they've been promoted to us and then we find out they're vegetarians
1: yeah they're vegetarian <laughs> sharks and they have like this kind of like an aa meeting uh you know like um place that they meet up in a p- bunch of sinking ships where there's a lot of underwater mines and um they have like this discussion about how they didn't eat fish for 3 weeks and invite a fresh friend to come along and discuss about the, um, the the journey that you're taking to become vegetarians and it's just and the fact that they're Australian is hilarious too because the movie does take place in Australia which is actually great because um not you don't know a lot of disney movies that takes place in Australia
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the thing as well. I mean, th- there's not really a, a kind of a relatable scene to this, really. I mean, the only thing I could think of. Do you remember that episode of uh, Looney Tunes when uh, Sylvester is, is going, you know, uh he joins Birds Anonymous and vows never to eat Tweezy again? Like, you yes. know, that's that's the only other thing. That's the only other thing I can relate it to, really. So it was an original kind of joke to do in uh, in this Pixar film. So uh, brilliant, kudos to them so uh, so later on uh, while Mar- marlin and dory are sleeping uh, they sub they sub the sub that they're about to uh, tumble down into so i've put misread this line later on while Marlon and Dory are sleeping uh, the sub they uh, they're on is about to tumble down into the depths as well as the uh, as well as the mask uh, the two fish follow down. Uh, the darkness overtakes them. Uh, Dory' forgetful forgetfulness uh, causes her to uh, think uh, Marlin is a uh, is a conscience before they see the light. So they see a light. Yes. Um, then... uh,
1: also, I mean, I cannot I cannot reminisce without discussing about what when I first saw that scene, in which they were trying to escape, and you know they were looking around to find a, the um, the door, and then when Dory reads through it, and then she says "escape." When I first saw that, I just cracked up. I remember everybody who saw the movie was like bursting up laughing at that scene. And then it's discovered that Dory can read. And so they need to use the mask so they can be able to find uh, where Nemo has been taken. And then we get to that scene in which, you know, they're in the dark light and we have that hilarious scene with um, Dory thinking that Marlin is uh, her conscious. (laughs) It's like Pinocchio. It's like, are you my conscience?
0: Mm -hmm. Great. a Great reference there, by the way. You know, so the, thank you. Yeah. Um, while they were there on the mission to find Nemo, uh, Marlin and Dory stop to have a small talk. Uh, Marlin explains that to her, to her that he uh, couldn't take Kit from here from here by himself. Uh, he thinks Dory is also so annoying that she kept so talking to herself and saying. Uh, you know, P.E. Sherman, 42 Wallaby Face, Sydney over and over again. When Marlon says he doesn't want Dory to be with him, Dory starts crying and saying Marlon doesn't like her. Uh, Marlon says uh, that he does, but to make things worse, so he says it's complica- he, says, he says it's a complicated emotion. So, uh, yeah, that yeah, was quite Yeah,
1: and, and one uh, of the fishes is voiced by John Ratzenberger.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, a school a school of fish tells Marlin and Dory that to take the east uh, eastern Australian current to Sydney and advises Dory not to go through the uh, the trench. But she forgets she forgets. Uh, Marlin, the paranoia of the trench, uh, has him swim above it, uh, only to find a school of jellyfish. Uh, luckily, the tops of the jellyfish don't sting, uh, but uh, they treat it like like it's a game. Uh, but uh, Dory fails to to get out, so having been stung repeatedly. Marlin manages to get her out before before passing before passing out.
1: Let uh, me ask you something, Aaron. Have you ever been stung by a jellyfish?
0: Um, I've known people who have been stung by jellyfish, and I tell you, it, it was a lot of vinegar, uh, I think, uh, last yes, time I Yes, I have
1: been stung by jellyfish because when it's the warmer months in Florida, the jellyfish do like to come around in, into our waters, and they swim there. And um, yeah, I just let you know it hurts, it wow. stings, it itches, and you need to bathe in vinegar so you can be able to get rid of it. It's it is not pleasant.
0: Yeah, I remember uh, the last time I think uh, we dealt with jellyfish, we kind of just like kind of scooped them up, like uh, and like uh, moved them away. Which uh, I don't know, it was just it was just kind of things to do with the time. Um, yeah, getting... and and,
1: and being around their eggs is not is not a lot of fun either.
0: No, it's not. Um, after getting uh, to the destination, they accidentally get swallowed by a whale who was uh, chasing krill. Uh, when Marlin uh, fails to break out once again, Dory swims uh, down to him and says that uh, the, the same eight words she said uh, when they first met Marlin: uh, "There, there, all right, it's going to be okay." While refusing to that, or refusing that rudely, but sadly, Marlin uh, tells his promise uh, to Nemo on, on Dory. Uh, she explains that Marlin uh, can never let that happen to Nemo, and so uh, I mean, we get to the point where um, I mean. Th- Dory says she can speak whale. And uh, then uh, we get yes. that hilarious thing where, you know, when uh, Marlon just thinks he's just defending him. So, uh, it's uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty good. And uh, it goes back to the point where, you know, they have to, uh, you know. Not only
1: that, but they also meet up with um, the group of turtles.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, and oh, um, well, and uh, what, I, I think it like
1: was uh, Crush, who's voiced by Andrew Staten who um, worked on this movie.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Marlon and Doria are then swallowed by Gerald uh, until Nigel makes uh, Gerald cough him up. Uh, The two fish meet Nigel, who agrees to take them to the dentist's office. And, uh, you know, we actually missed the dentist scenes. And uh, surprisingly, not in my notes. Yeah. Uh, I mean,
1: usually with the dentist scenes, I mean, we're just focusing on the fishes in the tank. And you have a whole bunch of characters. You have. You have Deb and Flo, who's actually, you know, they they claim to be sisters, but the sister is actually a reflection. You have the starfish, uh, you have the pufferfish, you have the fish who's constantly wanting everything to stay clean. Uh, You have the cleaning shrimp. And uh, you have, of course, Gil, who's like the main, kind of like the unofficial leader of the group. Mm
0: -hmm. And,
1: uh, you know, he's, um, you know, he's like this tough fish who wants nothing more than to escape. And, you know, he's tried multiple times to escape, but it's never worked. And um, he kind of uses Nemo as... um you know part of his plan so they can he can be able to like sneak on towards where the tank fan is to throw some pebbles on it so it can stop and then the tank will get filthy and then the dentist would have to clean it up put them into bags and then they can just roll away into the ocean which i think that's actually a brilliant idea (laughs) i mean it it's a little bit far-fetched and crazy but it's just genius enough that it would work
0: yeah you know i tell you in that there's the whole threat of the uh of the little girl I completely forget the name of you know it's like uh, oh yeah
1: yeah yeah darla
0: darla yeah uh, and uh, you know he's like yeah she becomes I mean she's like much of a sp- she doesn't have any speaking role in this at all.
1: I mean, she has a, she has a few lines, but, um, yeah, she's not really much of a main character. She's more like an obstacle that the fish have to overtake in order for Nemo not to be dead from constant shaking of the bag.
0: Yeah, but they kind of build her up, and uh, in a way, she kind of becomes, like, I uh not only say she becomes the antagonist of the film, but she, she kind of throws you in that scenario of, like, you know, she's, she's the threat that, uh, you know, they're all sort of afraid of and uh so you know she's not obviously a, she's obviously she's not like a villain or anything like that, but uh I think she ends up kind of like being in that in that in being put in that position i think because because they talk her up so much i think in 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 the film so um yeah that's um that, that's that's where that's where they go with her and uh, I, I just think uh you know this film doesn't really have a villain when you really think about it i mean like uh, if if anything mm-hmm. the uh, the the villain of this film is basically talking yourself down. Uh, if anything, so... But, uh, yeah. Um, so, um... Um, they 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 get to the point where um they they get to the they get to the, they get to the dentist's office and Marlin, depressed, thinks that uh, he's broke his promise. So uh, determines to go, ho- go home. Meanwhile, Dory becomes forgetful again until she meets Nemo. Uh, when she reads Sydney on the water tube, uh, her si- me- entire memory suddenly returns and helps uh, Nemo find Marlin uh, by forcing uh, a crab to tell tell where Marlin went. Uh, with this information, Marlin and Nemo are reunited. But uh, moments after, they find that Dory is caught uh, in a fishing net. Uh, Nemo plans to save her but uh, Marlin is reluctant to let him go for fear he might lose him again so uh, in a way they kind of like uh, it kind of reminds you a bit of the uh, of the Incredibles where Mr. Incredible mo- le- le- loses uh, Elastigirl and uh, then it goes to the point where they have to fight the Omnidroid and then Mr. Incredible says I can't look I can't lose you again like you know not again yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah, strong exactly. enough
1: and, and this movie came out first this came, this came out in 2003 and the Incredibles I think came out like one or two years later
0: yeah, I keep forgetting about that. Yeah, this is the thing about Pix-Mix. it's throwing me off a little bit on the timeline about one game out first now. So, uh, yeah, right. We're in, we're in
1: but yeah, you do have a point. I, I mean, one of the things that I really do respect about Finding Nemo is that um, this movie definitely feels like not only is it for like little kids, but it's definitely a strong message for the parents. In which y- you have to understand that the world is a very dangerous and cruel place, especially nowadays. But you can't smother and overprotect your child because then if they were to face real danger by themselves, they wouldn't know what to do. Like the beginning of the movie, we see um, Nemo, uh, he's like completely scared and he's defenseless against, you know, when he was almost about to be sucked into the fan and um, when he was like trapped into the fish tank for the first time, he didn't know what to do. He was calling for his dad for help because that's all he was ever taught. That's all he ever knew was to stay safe in the anemone. And then when he was put into... Um, you know, Gil's teachings about trying to be strong and brave, that's when he changes. And uh, for Marlin, you know, he uh, you know, was always staying in that area of the sea because I mean, once you see something that traumatic in which a barracuda came by and killed your wife and your family, and you have to protect what's left of your family uh, of you know what you you know cherish, and if he didn't go anywhere else beyond that part of the ocean, then exploring thousands of miles elsewhere is very scary. And it's good for both of them, and it's a great lesson for both the kids and for the adults.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, I-, I think
1: I even read somewhere that um, the um, the uh, Andrew Stanton, I-, I think that he based the story off of his own experiences watching over his kid, and and how he felt that he was becoming overprotective and he wanted to essentially teach himself that lesson about um, a balance between, you know, how much protection you should give to your child right before you should let them go on
0: their own. Yeah, well, it's, it, 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 some good came out of it. He translated it into this movie. So uh, that's, uh, that's going to be a plus of anything for overprotectiveness. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> So um, um Marlin realizes he has to let him go. Nemo's plan succeeds, so uh, we do get a bit of drama in it as well because uh, we think that uh, you know, well, I mean, it's not really drama, really. We all knew he was going to make it out okay, you know. And uh, you know, then we get to uh, just keep swimming from uh, from Dory. Yeah, just, just keep, keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Keep swimming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so after the adventure, Marlin is now uh, not as nearly overprotective of his son, uh, knowing that he can uh, look after himself. Uh, Dory also spends a lot of time with the two, and she accompanies Marlin uh, t- uh, as he takes. Uh, uh, Nina Moses' school. Uh, as an epilogue, uh, the, f- the fish in the dentist's uh, fish tank are shown to succeed after after a, um, after a they escape uh, to, uh, after charging the filter. However, they are still in the plastic bags. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's actually questioning on how are they going to get out because, you know, they're fish. They don't have, like, sharp claws that they can just pop the balloons. And how are they going to get fed?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah that that actually brings up a lot of questions that's a pretty dark ending when you think about it it's like you know we're gonna like yeah uh, it is a
1: dark ending because they're trapped in a plastic bag and they have nowhere else to go they're essentially just floating there on the top of the ocean and now they're just stuck
0: yeah it feels like the Italian job where you know they steal all the gold and now they're like uh, balancing off this uh, but then they are balancing off this cliff and the problem is that if all the guys get out of the bus then the, the bus goes over the cliff with the gold and if they try to go to the gold then they uh, they go over with the gold so it's like it's uh, yeah they sort of in mean that, that's uh, a perilous situation of being in the plastic bag and not being able to do anything so it's, yeah but
1: uh, as we find out in the sequel they're okay
0: yeah um, so yeah, that's pretty much was Finding Nemo, and uh, yeah, it was, um, yeah, i tell you what, it's, pretty sh- it's a pretty straightforward story, I mean, it's, um, it, you know, it's like, it's a, a, a story about, uh, you know, Marlin uh, becoming less overprotective of his son, and, uh, you know, he goes on this massive adventure, and, uh, you know, so, if anything, like I tell you, a lot of happens in Marlin, you know, a lot of uh, events happen in Marlin's life, you know, the fact that he lost so much at the beginning, and then gained so much at the end it's like you know it's just mm-hmm. it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's a very turbulent uh, life that Marlin has led pretty much in the, in, only in the first movie and we don't even got to Finding Dory yet it's like you know it's, yeah
1: it's, Finding Dory is when I uh, will definitely say a lot about Finding Dory when we've reached to that point
0: mm-hmm. so we've got to score this so uh, I think uh, sure I think you're going to give it a 10 I, I, I
1: yes, think. I am going to give it a 10 because, like I said, I, I really love this movie. I have a strong connection with it. it. It's great for kids. It's great for the adult. It has funny humor. It has really dark moments that are surprisingly scary for kids. And it has a lot of sad moments, too. It, 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 I just find it to be amazing. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a 10.
0: You what, I can't really find fault with it at the moment, so I guess I'll say 10. I think. Uh, sure. Join along with the uh, with Patricia on on this venture. So uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm really surprised how fast we got through that. One, really, because I mean, the, yeah, the, the, I mean, the, the, like I said
1: before, it was a very simple story compared to the others. But um, this but the way that it was executed is phenomenal. So um, I'm sure that we'll spend more time talking about the others or even less time talking about the others' cars. <clears throat> yeah, but.
0: Mm-hmm. So I mean, it was a massive success at the box office. Uh, for those of you who do not know, it uh, made a, a staggering and uh, 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 tell you what uh, the first release uh, the b- the budget for this film was ninety four million dollars. The box office was eighty was eight hundred sixty seven million dollars. Yeah, was... like
1: I said, I mean, it beat off The Lion King as the highest grossing movie of all time. But here's and then, something else. Like pa- I said before.
0: Here's something else, Patricia. Um, uh, how much do you reckon the re-release did? Uh, I don't know, $500? $920 million.
1: Whoa, that's even more than was originally released. Holy crap.
0: Exactly. This, this film stands the test of time. And uh, it was it was it was released in 2003, re-released in 2012, and uh, you know, and wow,
1: and this was like, was that around uh, that, that was like around when Finding Dory was coming out, right? Because they did the same thing with Toy Story three, in which they re-released Toy Story one and two in theaters.
0: Isn't this all, you know? Um, I mean, dare I say, maybe we'll release it again in a, in a decade later and see how much you make. Because it's like uh, you know, pending yeah, that you might have. Yeah, that'll
1: be a, amazing. It'll probably make one billion dollars. Well,
0: yeah, definitely. If it has more more circulation, you know, there's more of a an appetite for the movie going public. So, uh, um, I mean, dare I say about the? Uh, I mean, I want to say I want to ta- talk this movie out a bit more. Actually, you know, to give just, just give it uh, give it its due. Uh, so it was highly critically acclaimed, ninety nine percent on on Rotten Tomatoes and one hundred percent by top critics. Uh, an average of eighty, surprisingly enough, an average of eighty nine percent on Metacritic. Yeah, so, yeah that's crazy considering how strict Metacritic is. And Roger Ebert gave it four stars. What, what was he drinking at that time?
1: Like... <laughs> well, y- you know, sometimes Roger Ebert does do questionable reviews at some of his movies.
0: Yeah, I just it was... Uh, I mean, some of his films, you know, when he when he decimates them, it's totally understandable. But, you know... Sure, yeah. sure.
1: Um, and I think I think he, there was even an interview with Nathan Lane who talked about that this was his favorite animated
0: movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Finding Nemo was the first Pixar feature-length film to receive an Academy Award for Best Animated Feature Film. So uh, wow, and and and
1: they, and they would pretty much like if it's not Disney, and then it would be Pixar, and they would be doing this for like the next decade.
0: Mm-hmm. And, so I would uh,
1: yeah, like yeah, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, for like the, as of the making of this podcast, uh, the Oscars is tomorrow. So I wouldn't be surprised if Coco wins for Best Animated Feature. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, It was nominated for three additional Academy Awards. uh, Original screenplay, uh, achievements in music, and also also achievements in sound editing. So there was plenty of uh, awards going around for that. Um...
1: I mean, I would say that the the soundtrack is pretty decent. Uh, It does give that aquatic atmosphere. Um, But... Uh, and the sound editing is also really good too when you have like the ocean and you have like the f- the fish flow uh, going through and um yeah, I would say that the sound editing is also really good in that. so, yeah, I, I think that. Um, as we said before, Finding Nemo is an amazing movie that if you have not seen before, then w- what the hell are you waiting for? Go watch it.
0: Yeah. And also, just to let you guys know, uh, Andrew, Sta- Andrew Stanson has h- hinted that uh, there might be another uh, Finding Nemo s- sequel, so there might actually be a trilogy.
1: Oh, nice. Like Toy Story. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what that would be focused on. Like, the first one was about Nor- Marlin and Nemo. The second one was about Dory. So I wonder what the third one would be about.
0: Yeah, it's going to be... Uh, very interesting indeed so uh, yeah that, maybe it'll um...
1: be about Nemo when he's older
0: maybe sure um, so yeah that pretty much wraps up our review of uh, of, of finding Nemo um, just before we go um, we do have a sad announcement to make and that is that uh, Pixar animator uh, bud luckley uh, died uh, a couple of days ago he was age 83 years old uh, Pixar animator Bud uh, but but luckily, uh, the man who is uh, rightly credited for bringing Toy Story's uh, Woody the Cowboy to life, uh, died at the age of 83. In a statement offered to the Hollywood Reporter, Luckily's family confirmed that he had died in a hospice uh, facility on Saturday after a lengthy illness. So our uh, condolences to the uh, uh, Luckily family and uh, everyone at Pixar Animated Studios uh, for this uh, unfortunate uh, passing away. So no, that's,
1: that's really, really sad.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, So, unfortunately, we do leave on a sad note, but uh, we also leave on a uh, positive note as well with uh, Finding Nemo being such an incredible film. And so, uh, thank you very much for checking out this uh, week's Pix-Mix. We'll uh, let you know, you'll be, if you hit the bell icon on our YouTube channels you'll be notified when the next uh, Pix-Mix comes out. So, uh, from me, Aaron. And Patricia. Take care, and bye-bye for now. Okay, just keep swimming. (laughs) Just keep swimming, just keep swimming.
1: Swimming, swimming.